You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. In his first address as president-elect, Donald Trump played the platitudes. He spoke of being a president for all Americans, of healing divisions, of unleashing potential. He avoided specifics of any kind beyond a few key areas, including infrastructure. We're going to fix our inner cities and rebuild our highways, bridges, tunnels, airports, schools, hospitals, Trump said. We're going to rebuild our infrastructure, which will become, by the way, second to none, and we will put millions of our people to work as we rebuild it. If any issue could build a bridge between Trump, his supporters, and everyone else, this could be it. The nation's infrastructure is crumbling, literally in some cases. The American Society of Civil Engineers gives U.S. infrastructure a D-plus and estimates the country would have to invest $3.6 trillion to patch it all by 2020. It's a great investment, especially in an age of low interest rates. Putting just $18 billion a year into roads, bridges, and waterways could create a $29 billion jump in GPD and more than 200,000 jobs in the first year, says Josh Bivens, research and policy director of the Economic Policy Institute. The question is how Trump plans to do all that great making. His plan? Spend a trillion dollars. Or even better, get other people to spend a trillion dollars. Trump's campaign website promises to transform America's crumbling infrastructure into a golden opportunity for accelerated economic growth and more rapid productivity gains. You'll find details on how he'll do that in a paper Trump senior advisors Wilbur Ross and Peter Navarro released last month. The idea is to trigger $1 trillion in private sector infrastructure spending with $140 billion in tax credits for the companies willing to do the work. The idea is appealing, even if economists quibble with Trump's claim that he can do this without spending federal money. Getting the private sector involved is terribly important, says Brian Polish, managing director at the American Society of Civil Engineers. Non-government players may well move faster and more efficiently than government agencies, and the U.S. is among the most attractive nations for those looking to invest in infrastructure, according to Arcadis 2016 Global Infrastructure Investment Index. But the private sector isn't terribly interested in building public works because there isn't much money in it. 
Trump's team acknowledges as much, noting that for infrastructure construction to be financeable privately, it needs a revenue stream from which to pay operating costs, the interest and principal on the debt, and the dividends on the equity. A private player might be glad to build a toll road in a dense metropolitan area, says Edward Alden, a senior fellow with the Council of Foreign Relations. Indeed, a June survey found 71% of Southern California drivers would pay up to $20 per commute if they could drive a traffic-free new expressway. Something like that has plenty of appeal to the private sector, but other needs? Not so much. If you're talking about upgrading the water system in Flint, they won't be clamoring to get involved, Alden said. That's a short-sighted approach because infrastructure investments provide benefits beyond their geographic scope. We do need to focus on the idea that having better infrastructure is going to improve the economy, Polish says. Fixing Flint's pipes may not produce an immediate direct profit, but keeping people healthy beyond the obvious benefit of not poisoning them helps the economy in the long run. Those public benefits should be more than paying investors back. There's another potential problem. With privatized infrastructure, you can run the risk of giving the private asset holders weirdly too much power over future investment decisions, says Bivens at the Economic Policy Institute. Think of the privatized parking meters in Chicago, with the holders of the meter rights suing to prevent, say, construction of parking lots elsewhere in the city. Of course, Trump could hope to be like Ike and pump billions of federal dollars into building highways, bridges, and the countless other things the country needs. Good luck getting it past Republican majorities in the House and Senate, which undoubtedly will hew to their aversion towards supporting an infrastructure plan or updating a gas tax so it reflects reality. Democrats will be broadly supportive of a major infrastructure plan, Alden says. He's right. In a statement, Nancy Pelosi said, we can work together to quickly pass a robust infrastructure jobs bill. Republicans, not so much. In a public address yesterday morning, President Obama pledged to help with a smooth transition to the Trump administration. That road may well be smoother than the one you drove to work today. This article posted by Alex Davies. Happy Friday. I'm Mike from Spoken Layer, and my job is to make your listening experience even better. Please send your feedback to mike at spokenedition.com. Thanks so much. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.